Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another session of Friday Finance on Cash Talk. And once again, I'm joined by Mason Thorne. Mason, how are you? Cool, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. Now, on this journey of talking about accumulating wealth and helping people on their wealth journey, one of the things that we really also need to focus on is protecting the most important asset, which is themselves. And what are we talking about here, Mason? Yeah, what what, what is the most important asset that the people need to start protecting? Well, you're right. It is themselves and protecting yourself can come in so many different forms because as humans, so many different things can happen to us. Um, so protecting protecting ourselves can come in the form of protecting your life and protecting yourself against a disability. And they're, they're the two major ones that we often try to help clients protect themselves against because as we know, um, while your life, if, you can't, if you're no longer living, that's a major, major problem. But also mm-hmm. in the event of disability, Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably going to go through a period of time where we can't earn any income and mm-hmm. there's still bills to pay when we become mm-hmm. disabled. So how do we, how do we manage this, this process and, um, mm-hmm. and how, how exactly is, how does this actually play into the wealth journey? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you, you, we've also got to appreciate that life is not a straight line. It's a squiggly one. And one of those things that we're going through in life is that sometimes there's hiccups along the way. Now, Everyone, if they just have a think about it, there's people that they know that have unfortunately been, you know, had an illness which, you know, got them too young or, you know, there was a disability that they didn't think they're going to have. And what this essentially does is it derails the plan A or the journey to get to where we need to get to, which is financial freedom. Now, to create that level of certainty, you need to be able to protect yourself and your protect your ability to earn an income. Okay. Now, what we do with our, with our clients is once we build plan A, we want to try and then manage the risks of what could kind of bring that down. And one of the things that can bring that down is some of these hiccups when it comes to their life event due to an illness or an injury. Now, Mason, when we talk about the ability to like earn an income, um, especially for most people, it's going to be one of their biggest assets. Because when you think about, let's say, I don't know, you're on a hundred grand to make it simple and you're age 30, well, you've got that $100,000 from then until let's say you're going to retire at 60. You've got an extra 30 years worth of earning that $100,000. Now, obviously, this is very simple maths. This doesn't take into consideration promotions and inflation, but you know, 100 grand times 30, 30 uh, times 30, you can work out the maths, okay? It's a big, big number of, of, an, of a potential asset that needs to be protected. Now, that ability to earn an income also funds things like children's education costs, um, holidays, car upgrades, whatnot. So we need, really need to make sure that we're protecting it for that certainty to happen in regards to their plan A. Um, and it's one of the things that we as humans are designed that we don't wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, it's going to happen to me. But the stats are proving that most people in their life journey will have a period of time when they're off work for longer than 90 days, yeah? And if they don't have the right safety nets and the right passive income, 
really, it really pushes their their wealth journey back, doesn't it? It really, really does. And I think insurance, because as you said, as humans, we're very bad at future pacing and seeing where we're going to be in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Like, it never happens to me. It's other people's problem. But you've got a partner as well. So typically, a lot of people have a partner. So there's two of you. So these stats go up. So one of you is likely to go through one of these events. How, how I like to explain insurance, John, is particularly with income protection and total and permanent disability, mm-hmm. what you're doing, because like when we go to work, we're effectively building up mm-hmm. our nest egg to eventually be able to stop. Maybe that's mm-hmm. at 65 or maybe we want to retire mm-hmm. early at 55. If one of these events happens, we're effectively bringing forward our retirement date, aren't we, to the age yeah. we are now. So for in my example, I'll be bringing forward my retirement age to 29. Mm-hmm. How can I fund my life from 29 mm-hmm. to my statistically death at 88 or whatever the, the life expectancy is now, that's a long mm-hmm. time to fund it. I'm going to tell you now, mm-hmm. that's a massive gap in my life. I haven't got the funds at the at the moment to fund that. So I fund that through insurance. And that's mm-hmm. how I'm protecting it. Like, what's the alternative, John? That's how I think. What's the alternative? If I don't have this insurance cover in place, what's going to happen? And I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll have to sell this house and mm-hmm. go and move my mum and put mm-hmm. mum's retirement Mum has mum's gonna have to work until she's 80 to support mm-hmm. me. And I know she would, but I don't mm-hmm. want her to do that. Mm-hmm. So that it, the, the insurance isn't just protecting you, it's protecting mm-hmm. everyone else as well. Um and all those yeah. people you love and all their lives. Um, because mm-hmm. it's not just your life that gets affected by these things. It's there's mm-hmm. this ripple effect that happens, mm-hmm. and you just gotta play it out in your mind what would actually happen if this occurred. And that mm-hmm. sounds that's that's terrifying to me, John. So I'm more than happy to mm-hmm. put that risk on someone else and pay an insurance premium. Mm-hmm. To, and hope, I really hope it never happens, John. And then and yeah. that, money, that money might be wasted, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not a waste. Mm-hmm. The waste is a terrible mm-hmm. way to look at it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just protection. Like car insurance isn't a waste. Like mm-hmm. it's protection. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I think, I think it's, it's understanding the psychology behind it that we don't wake up in the morning and think that it's going to happen to us. And... I can assure you through my own personal event that when I had spinal surgery, like the first thing my wife said to me is like, John, please don't tell us like, I'm, you're, don't tell us so you're the plumber with the leaky pipe and you haven't sorted out your own protection. Um, because, you know, it's it's, it's me providing for, for, for my wife and for my children. And yes, she has the capacity to work, but, you know, we're reliant on the incomes to be able to fund our lifestyle and our financial requirements. And, you know, me being in my in my mid thirties, I right now, yeah, I did not want to self insure the next twenty five years of my working career myself. And if that's a cost that needs to be made, that well, that's a cost that needs to be made. But it's not for me. It's it's a matter about when you're building a wealth creation framework to create confidence and certainty of achieving your financial goals. Managing risk is so important. And a lot of people focus on the investment risk, for example. They focus on the timing risk or the sector risk or the asset allocation, you know, whatever it is to try and diversify, to minimize their risk. But they don't look at themselves, okay? And you're, for example, when you're talking about without a family, yeah, the importance of you doing that, it's even more emphasized once there's dependent who actually depended on you and your ability to earn an income. And so the most important thing to protect is yourself. And when you talk about that, it's around how much can you self-insure and how much do you want to then delegate that that risk to someone else, okay? 
and in the form of getting insurance. Now, the reality is, is that when you're building, when we're building plans for, for clients, especially is we don't want to have expenses go out like the least amount of expenses possible. But it's around we need this to be a staple of what needs to happen to ensure that we've got the certainty of getting to where we need to get to. Okay. And until we have that fully offset with passive income or disposable assets, the require, requirement to have this level of protection is essential. Okay. Now, I just want everyone, all the viewers and listeners to think about that the cancer stats, for example, say that one in three people will unfortunately be diagnosed with cancer. Okay. So let's just take a moment to think about that. You know, I've got two siblings. Okay. The reality is at Christmas, if I looked around, I'm going to say, you know, one of us is going to get cancer. That's what the stats tell us. Okay. Or could get cancer. Okay. It's pretty daunting that. Yeah. So there's one thing that the, that the mind is telling you it's not going to happen to me because you're not going to think then it's going to happen to me, but also think about it might happen to one of your siblings. Yeah. Um, if you've got a household, yeah, real or five in a household, you know, reality, probably one or one and a half or two of those really, because not one and a half or two of those are probably going to be diagnosed with one of those. Now we're not talking about just cancer. What about the heart attacks, the strokes, the cancers, the lung disease? Yeah. The permanent injuries. You know, I can tell you that, you know, I had, um, I think three or four groomsmen at my wedding. Okay. Uh, including, you know, including myself. And three out of the five have all had income protection claims. Okay. It happens. All right. And people just aren't, we're not designed to be like that. If we were, we just wouldn't live life and take the risks that are required to, to get and grow as a society. Okay. So there's this psychological play to play to it. Now, Mason, understanding the importance and to create the certainty in that this is a staple and must be done. Okay. How do we go about working out how much protection actually people need, okay? Because there's certain events from a protective perspective that we're trying to manage when it comes to the form of a delegating. And those are in the forms of, if you were to die, what do we need to do? What's the gap? If we were to be permanently disabled, what's the gap? If we have a traumatic or critical illness, okay, what's the gap? And then if we suffer a temporary or even sometimes permanent disability or illness, what's the gap? Mm. So Mason, when we come to the more morbid one, and I hope this doesn't happen to anyone soon and hopefully everyone lives forever, but the reality is death is a certainty, okay, at this age, okay? How do we calculate the gap? Mm. That's a good, it's, a, it's a good question. And... and... Of the four insurances we usually talk about, life, TB, trauma, and income protection, death is probably the, the more simple one. Uh, it's a mo- most of one to under- understand because you're dead, you're dead, not to be sound too morbid, but that's the, the facts. But to cut that gap, the most common one everyone always refers to, I want my debts to re- be repaid. And we 100% agree. We want those debts repaid. If you're going to leave your spouse and the children fully paid off home, that you know they're going to be sorted out in that regard, which is fantastic. Great first step and a great first one to look at. 
But what else are we missing out on? You're never going to be able to earn any more income. So your family's missing out on that income as well. So mm-hmm. having a, a portion, you don't have to replace your whole income because there's no more debt anymore. Mm-hmm. But and you're also not consuming as well too. Yeah. consuming anymore? No, you're not, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So replacing a portion of your future income mm-hmm. to do that expected retirement age. So the older you are, a bit less. Um, but having that amount in there as well for the spouse. So the spouse can have a bit of a grieving period. It's like, oh, no, that's mm-hmm. going to be sorted out. I don't have to go, mm-hmm. go and find more money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We also want to cover off those final expenses. They they can mm-hmm. add up quite quickly, John. When we got the funeral, mm-hmm. we got the estate, all that estate stuff. Mm-hmm. When we get lawyers involved, all this it all it all adds up. So having a portion there just to cover those costs as well. Mm-hmm. And then what we also do, John, we take the client's existing assets and say, mm-hmm. okay, what are these assets? Which ones are going to be disposable upon mm-hmm. your death? Because what mm-hmm. we don't want to overinsure because uh, mm-hmm. it get, get, get quite pricey. So mm-hmm. disposable assets, what do I mean by disposable assets, John? I'm, I'm thinking things like cash at bank. Mm-hmm. For some clients, it might be investment property. That, that depends mm-hmm. on the client, though. Some clients mm-hmm. say, no, I want, I want my spouse to keep that. Mm-hmm. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Away. Maybe not. See how it works. But it might be an investment property. Mm-hmm. And might be some other, other investments you might hold. Might be some shares mm-hmm. or, what, mm-hmm. or some bonds or whatever else you may mm-hmm. hold. Mm-hmm. And then you get your bottom lines. Okay, what's my gap? And that's how we get the gap. It's like your gap might mm-hmm. be, million dollars for example therefore we need a million dollars of life cover and that's how we sort of do it and 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 there's it's it's a matter of having the understanding of you trying to fill that gap okay and there's other things that we talk about clients where there's also things that they might want certainty on so for example if i was to pass away even though my debts are paid and a portion of my income I still want to be making sure for my spouse that the education requirements for our kids for example are taken care of or I might want a specific item for my two sons, yeah? So this is where it's a delicate process to find the exact thing that is required for the individual. And that is why it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And in most cases, for the individual, it's it's a process to understand the needs of, 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 the, of the, uh, the couple. Now... Mason, when it comes to an individual, though, they might be sitting there going, I don't need this stuff, yeah? Like, why do I need life cover, yeah? And so it's usually less important, okay, for someone who is single, but what's the, what, what's your tips for these people? Yeah, well, as I am one of these people, um, it's, and some you do think about, it's like, well, do I need life cover? Um, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, on just mm-hmm. even just having life cover there to repay your loans and things like is usually a requirement of the loan terms that people actually don't realize sometimes. So mm-hmm. just having that portion there to cover that. Mm-hmm. What I find for me personally to ensure that is the most important is total and permanent disability for me. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm still going to be around. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I personally don't want my family to feel like they have to look after me and have to sacrifice their lives. Mm-hmm. So my TBD is actually, quite high um some yeah. people say it's too high for me mm-hmm. it makes me comfortable because i know i'm never gonna work again i want that money coming in um so for me that's the most important thing and so so with the life cover though for the person who is a single it's more around understanding about where that money is going to go and the assets you want to leave for the the individual that that's going to go to so for example mason might choose that he goes well listen realistically i don't want my mother to have the burden of um paying for my final expenses yeah 
to be honest with you, in his situation, his mother would probably be grieving as well too. Is there a period of grievement for for his mother to be able to do to do that? Is there any? How liquid is that money to happen? Like even the sale of a house, it takes time for that sale of that house to liquidate and for that to actually be the case. So, do we want to have a portion that's very liquid and very quick to be able to be happening straight away? Now, obviously, for a single, the need for life insurance is much much less than then when you got someone with a dependent. But I would not say that it's just a no, not at all. Okay. And as Mason was talking about, TPD or total and permanent disablement is huge. Okay. Because this one is where you have a disability that permanently incapacitates you. Okay. Now, if you think about that, when I had my spinal surgery, for example, and my back went, there was a bit there where I was thinking that I may not be able to ever work again and this might be completely permanent. And when it comes to that, I'm also looking at it going, okay, well, what do I want to ensure that I don't need to stress about? Okay. And the first thing I don't want to stress about is the house that I've got shelter under. Okay. And this is one of Maslow's basic requirements for humans. Okay. Is shelter. Okay. So the last thing that someone wants is when they're totally and permanently disabled is to still meet up with those income, those um, mortgage repayments in regards to that. So we want to be making sure we cover the debt or look to be covering the debt. Okay. Now I'm, I'm debt free. Okay. But I've also lost my income as well too, because now I'm permanently disabled. I can't have the ability to earn an income. Okay. So when it's coupled with income protection, which provides a monthly amount until the benefit period, usually age 65 in, in, in most cases, but you, you need to make sure that it's set up appropriately. But if it was 65, well, I've got a gap now because the income protection doesn't cover me for my whole amount either, okay? So what I want to do is I want to cover for 100% of my income in the regard to a permanent disablement. But some of that is going to be funded via my income protection. And some of it, the gap, I want to be covering via total and permanent disablement so that I've got my debt paid and I've essentially got 100% of my income, okay? Now, people are saying, oh, John, but your debt's repaid. Um, why do I need 100% of my income, okay? Now, you've got to think about this for a moment. I can't get any job promotions in this scenario, okay? I can't get any like elevate my income in any possible way, okay? So essentially, that debt getting repaid is cool, but also remember my ability to grow my income has also stopped as well and stays stagnant and usually with inflation if it's inflationary linked, okay? So you really got to look at covering the debt, covering the income, okay? And then the last portion of this is also the ability to pay for the medical and rehabilitation costs that come in regards to a total and permanent disablement. The Mason, the statistics go out there and there's big ones. There can be uh, light on when it comes to expenses and really hefty ones when it comes to expenses. But on average, it's about $150,000 in regards to a permanent disablement, the cost for medical and rehabilitation. It's expensive, isn't it? It's not uh, It's not cheap exercise um, when this happens. And I know, I know, John, in your experience, you've, you've had a few TPD claims. I've, I've unfortunately had a few as well um, for some of my clients. And there's one, there's always one story that sticks out in my mind and I'll, I'll, I want to share it with you now. Um, young young man, mid-30s, um, young family, four, four children, all under the age of 11. Um, he got the flu. The flu attacked his spine. Mm -hmm. Can never walk again. 
in this situation. Um, unfortunately, wow. he only had the TBD cover that was default in superannuation. I think it was $134,000. Nowhere near enough for a family for. And, the, and credit to his partner, um, she was unbelievable. Like she was driving four hours back and forth every day to see him in the hospital, raise these four children mm. and making ends meet. It was just incredible. It was an incredible story. And I just felt, I felt horrible about it. Like, we, yes, we got the TBD claim through, but it was nowhere mm-hmm. near enough. Mm-hmm. And like, and he was, this, is, this is a healthy guy. Like, like, that scares me. Like, that could happen to me or you, John. Like, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've unfortunately had a few people that are very close to me have TPD claims as well, too. And um, when you're in that event, the one thing that you always get is, do I have enough to get through? Yeah. Um, so it's very, very important that it, you look at that. Now, obviously, there are some disposable assets that you can use as well, too, similar to the life insurance. So you want to be making sure that you understand the gap of how much you need to cover for. And then the and then the liquid assets, the disposable assets that you can do. But remember, you, when you're calculating your income, you need to be making sure that you're taking into consideration superannuation. Because remember, these calculations, they stop at 65. So hopefully you've got enough in there to get you through to fund your retirement because usually you're going to live past 65 as well too. Now, Mason, the next one is a traumatic event. When we're talking about a traumatic event, we're talking about a critical illness here. We're talking about the heart attacks, the strokes, the lung disease. We're talking about the things that are, <clears throat> may not necessarily kill you straight away, okay? But they're shit to go through, okay? Now, when it comes to this, there's critical illnesses like you have a heart attack, you're out of action for two weeks, okay? But there's the more sinister ones that last for years, okay? So how do we go about calculating this and in combination with income protection? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, these two covers work together extremely well. Um, so we've got income protection covering 70%. So to make up that gap, we need to cover the extra 30%. So what we do as a, as, as a business is we trip, typically go for five years. We wanted to cover 30% of your income for five years. Why five years? Um, one, we think it gives you ample time to recover because what we don't want is people rushing back to work and then getting sick again which is we often see when um, people go back to work too early, they get sick again. Um, the stress of it, the financial stress, um, push it back into the bed. And we don't we don't want that. So we want to give ample time to recover. And we think five years is a really good time frame. And what five years also allows too is if you're not back at work in five years, there is a likelihood that you might be able to claim on TPD and then get that lump sum as well. Now, or, unfortunate, or unfortunately, you probably haven't made it either. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's also the case. Um, so that's how we sort of calculate it. So, and we also want to cal- also want to cover some medical costs too. So trauma works as a lump sum. So we want a lump sum to cover the medical costs and then that further 30% of your income for a period of time mm-hmm. for that five-year period. We think mm-hmm. that provides a really good coverage for people. And it also allows the, the other spouse, because it's not just affecting you, mm-hmm. it allows the other spouse to potentially take some time off work as well and just say, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to spend some time with my spouse and to help them recover because... As, as, as I've never gone through it, John, but I'm, I can assure if you had a heart attack, you wouldn't be, be able to do much for yourself for a period of time. Like it's, no, it's 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 not, and and especially heart attack, cancer, whatever it is, you know, you want to be money wants to be the last thing you need to be worried about. And we had a client last year; he was 36 years old. Um, he uh, ended up having testicular cancer. Um, then went on to um. I forget the word, but essentially the medical term, but essentially it's spread. Okay. Mm. 
And, um, you know, they called up and they're like, have we got anything for this? I said, yeah, we do. Don't worry. And the claim got paid in like two or three weeks. Like it was, it was pretty seamless in regards to got the paperwork, got it through, got it approved, got it done. And they didn't need to worry about it. You know, they, they had the medical bills covered. They had a portion of their, their stuff done. And obviously then the income protection kicked in to obviously keep on providing them. So they had 100% of their income and they had the $150,000 worth of medical expenses. And really, when it comes to disposing of assets in regards to this one, you don't really want to be disposing assets in regards to this because it usually is a temporary scenario, okay? Um, but there's also things like reinstatements of policies, which are very important here. And obviously, in all of these coverages, there's a, a lot of different options and 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 and, um, and benefits that need to be included in these structures to make sure that we're filling that gap the right way, okay? Now, when it comes to the last one, which is income protection, you're probably seeing, especially in regards to TPD and especially in regards to tra uh, trauma cover or in regards to uh, covering the gap for a critical illness. The last one is in regards to um, income protection. And income protection is the piece of the biggest piece of the puzzle. Okay, Your ability to earn an income is pretty much your hugest asset that you bring to the table and, and enables you to have the certainty of achieving your goals and aspirations. So when it comes to income protection, most insurers these days will only allow you to protect up to 70%. There's a little bit more that do a little bit more. And then there's some that do 60% and a little bit of adjustment. So this is not a blanket rule, but just let's go with the more traditional 70%, okay? What we wanna do here is essentially just cover the maximum we can within, we can against your, you know, your income, okay? Also taking into consideration superannuation contributions as well. So we're not just covering your income as such, we're making sure we wanna cover for your for your um, superannuation as well. But then when it comes to protecting your income, if I income protection, there's two very, very important factors. One is the waiting period, and two is the benefit period. The benefit period in my eyes, okay, should always be the maximum it can be because you never know how long you're gonna need that fund funding for. So there's usually one, two, five to age 65 options. In most cases, people want to have an income on uh, to be able to be paid for a maximum period of the age 65, okay? But then when it comes to the waiting period, the waiting period is how long you need to wait once you've been medically like checked for the disability or the illness, okay? So let's say, for example, it happened today, okay? Let's say I had a 30-day waiting period. It would be from day 30 that they will start calculating the daily amount that they need to pay you moving forward. So the first 30 days is on you. Now, this is an area where things get expensive because the shorter the waiting period, the more expensive the policy, okay? So what we need to work out is how much things can you call on to get you through to extend that waiting period? Now, you don't want to extend it too far with uncertain things. And what I mean by that is you might have 100 days of sick leave, for example, okay? But you might leave your employer as well too and not update that, okay? So you need to be making sure you update it, okay? Now, also as well too, how much is in cash reserves, okay? So how much can we use from cash reserves to push that out so that we can do that? Now, most people, if they work with an employer for, for 12 months, okay, they might have some two-week sick leave, okay? And they might have some other leave available. But once again, when it comes to annual leave and stuff like that, most people want to use that on holidays and whatnot. So it's very hard to use it. So we need to calculate the amount that we can call on and we're certain on calling on. And then how much is in cash reserves to be able to push that out? 
Now, there is a very, very, it's very, very cost effective if we can push that waiting period out from 30 days to 90 days, okay? And the reason why that is the case is because all of like the small stuff, the broken hands, the arms, the, the foots, the fractures, usually don't last longer than 90 days, okay? So if you can try and get yourself in a position to self-insure yourself up into 90 days, that cost in regards to the income protection comes down greatly, okay? But the biggest thing I want everyone to know is even though we're putting them into sections and we're utilizing different protections to protect you overall, the reality is they've all got to be used in combination to have a protection plan for you and for your family to have the certainty of achieving financial freedom when and how you want to, regardless of if you were to pass away, be totally and permanently disabled, suffer a critical illness, have an injury or illness that puts you out of work. Okay, so as a quick wrap for everyone to know, protecting your most important asset, which is you and your family, is more important than anything. If I asked you out of the four four things, you and your family, your house, your car, your boat, for example, we could put anything there, which one's the most important? Okay. You can replace the boat, you can replace the car, you can replace the house. Very hard to replace financially as well too. Obviously, emotionally is a totally different ball game, but to replace yourself and your family as well too. Okay, so making sure that that's that's crucial. Mason, I know we we need it's not one topic that I like to talk about, but it's what we need to talk about. Okay, we're not here to tell them what they want to hear, but what they what they need to hear. Um, but thank you very much for joining me today and shedding some light on the insights about protecting your most important asset. No, no worries, all. Thank you. Yeah, and you're right. Very important topic, and I hope hope everyone got something out of it. Awesome. To next week. Have a good one, everyone, and have a great weekend. Cheers. See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.